0: Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Allen. And
1: I am JP Motor.
0: And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should, too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing
1: fantastic. Well, we just finished Modern Men of Pop Month. Yes. And so it's time for the ladies. Ladies' night. Oh, yes, and it's Ladies' Month. It's right. Ladies' Month. It is. And no better way to kick off Ladies' Month than watching Dawson and Joey from Dawson's Creek, young, young James Van Der Beek, young Katie Holmes, or Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook from she's all that wow there were so many names i just used, it all that with all the three names and and (laughs) such and come on we all know that dorky girl under those glasses is hot anyway right come on we know that's what's gonna happen let's kick it with a little bit of kiss me rob tell them where we're going
0: this is kiss me by six pence none the richer
2: Well, wear that dress. Oh, kiss me beneath the melody twilight. Lead me out on the moonlit door. Oh, lift your open hand. Strike up the band and make the fireflies dance. Silver moon sparkling.
1: So kiss me.
0: It sounds like there's two snare hits, too. I think that's mixed the And, all right, there we that go. was Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer from the 1998 self-titled album Sixpence None the Richer, written by Matt Slocum. Of Six Minutes, None the Richer. And you guys hang around because
1: we are talking to that vocalist. I yes. can't believe we're saying that. Lee, Lee Nash.
0: Nash joins the show, uh, one of my favorite female vocalists of all time. Yeah, I'm going to talk later just about how I feel about her voice. I can't wait. Uh, I feel very specific things about her voice, so we'll get <laughs> into it. Kiss Me by Six Minutes, None the Richer went to number one on the U.S. Mainstream Top 40 chart, number one in Australia, Canada, top ten all over the world, number two on the U.S. Adult Contemporary chart, And number 2 on the Billboard Hot 100, but it couldn't topple No Scrubs by TLC. Really? Okay,
1: I was going to see if you had the one that was ahead of Yeah,
0: but No Scrubs was a buzzsaw. And, you know, it's not fair because there's three vocalists there versus (laughs) her.
1: you got three on one, odds are challenging. Yeah,
0: triple vocalists, it's not even fair. Uh, Kiss Me was the sixth highest selling song of all of 1999. It was nominated for a Grammy for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals at the 42nd Annual Grammy Awards, alongside I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys, Unpretty by TLC, All-Star by Smash Mouth, (laughs) and your winner, Maria Maria by Santana. Santana? Can we talk about the absolute (laughs) repuggery of that set of nominees and the absolute injustice <laughs> that Kiss Me did not win, <laughs> given that surrounding set. Like, I at least get unpretty being on that list, uh-huh. right? Being what it was. it was a, to, In my world, it was, a, like, a fairly big song, yeah. but I don't know anybody that's, like, dude, unpretty. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but, like, okay, fine. But... We really said, as a society... <laughs> she reminds me of a West Side Story. Yes, it's going to take the cake. These are the five best group <laughs> songs of the year. I want it that way. Yeah all-star <laughs> <laughs> like make me a playlist of these five songs and i'm skipping three of them i'm listening to all-star ironically and then just starting yeah. the self-titled sixpence album so i can listen to it from front to back for the millionth time that's hilarious right?
1: i love that the whole section i do not have...
0: understand that that's funny. that fivesome there that's right. that quintet of songs i do not understand kiss me should have been on top period and then the other four they it was like somebody hit shuffle or something uh-huh. and it didn't come out right you know That's funny Sometimes you just got to if you get in your car and you just tell your phone to like just shuffle my whole library <laughs> Sometimes it just doesn't take, and that's you got to like, start over. That's great. You got to stop it, close that app out, and then try again. They're like, "Well, we, we've given Smooth so many other awards." They're <laughs> like, "And Supernaturals played a
1: ton. What's the other one off there?" <laughs> I guess we'll go
0: with this one. <laughs> and we, we we all know how I feel about Carlos Santana as a guitarist. You know, yeah. I, I think he's the most overrated popular guitarist in in our culture. And we'll be talking
1: to him next week on the. Great- <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll have him next. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say it to his face. Right. Bro, you are super overrated. Dude,
1: what's it like? Congratulations to you for being able to surround yourself with these people, being <laughs> yeah. overrated, playing Black Magic Woman, and then just taking off from yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. it. Uh, all let's right. Let's just be honest. Your backing guitarist, Neil Sean, is way better <laughs> so than much you. Much better than you. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, let's. Welcome to the Great Song Podcast on Movie Month, where we're going to be discussing Carlos Santana <laughs> or Ladies Month. Let's Sorry, lady, uh, Ladies Month. <laughs>
0: All right, let's do a few listening notes from me on, on Kiss Me. I'm going to take us through um, just a few things. First of all, you've got that opening intro that we heard. I'm not going to play it again, but you got the opening intro with the acoustic mixed with a clean, super chimey electric. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have in the in the band section what kind of electrics we're going with, but you can say that it sounds very like Rickenbacker-ish. You know what I mean? It's that like... Beatles-y, chime and I'd made a
1: note, too, that it's different. When I listened, it was hard panned left, the first guitar, and then Rob played it a little bit before. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! hang on. So I'm wondering if there's two different mixes out there or yeah. if there's a single mix. Or a, So if you guys out there are listening, and when you listened, one of the guitars is hard panned left, just send a message and be like, J.P., you're right. This, right. Mix, exi- this mix that I'm listening to, it was the same you're way. crazy. Uh, yeah. Mandela effect. You got Man. Mandela effect. Goodness. Yeah. That's
0: the She's All That mix. <laughs> That's you know? right, yeah.
1: yeah. One is the Dawson's Creek mix. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, there you go. Uh, we're in, by the way, we're in the key of E flat, but we're playing, if you listen to the guitars, we're playing in a C shape, which means we've got a capo on the third Three. fret. Yeah. Um, how do we know that we're playing in a C shape? Let's talk for a minute about how we listen to a guitar part for context, okay? Mm-hmm. For you guitarists out there, this is how, it's not as easy to do on a piano, but guitar, because there are only so many ways to play a chord um, and there are you can hear the difference in like open strings, and you know what the sound of the open strings are, and sort of contextually, if you're playing a C chord, what else might happen if you lift or put down certain fingers, right? You can just tell this is a C shape. Whether or not it's capoed playing somewhere else on the neck, I don't know for sure. But until you sit down and go, okay, you know, unless you've just got a fantastic ear. If you got perfect pitch or something, then good for you. But like you can hear by context a lot of times if a guitarist especially a rhythm guitarist and especially especially an acoustic guitarist is playing you know open chords not bar chords then you can rightly figure out just through context clues what key shape they're playing in yep. anyway so in this case we've got this opening thing and it sounds like the key of c <clears throat> because um It's doing this thing where you get this top note, then it moves, then, okay, so that's the one, then the major seven, then the flat seven, then the major seven, okay, I'm talking about just that top note, that's the movement, it's all C on the bottom but you can tell by the way that chord is being voiced the top note of that chord is up here and you've got here 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 that's the spelling of a C chord on guitar that's the way a C chord sounds those five notes specifically make up a C chord shape Good. right um and so and then the other clue is that movement the that's what happens when you lift up your first finger from a C chord Bah, becomes, bah. that's a C going to a B. Um, in this case, it's an E flat going to a D, but you know what I'm saying? Um, but the sh- shape wise, right? And then the other, bah, 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 that's what happens when you put your pinky down to make it a C7 chord, C dominant seven chord. So that's that's how you can tell just from context. You go, I'm not 100% sure what key we're in, but I know, my fingers know how to play this riff now. That's good. right? I like um, that section. So guitarists, that's listening to just the way a chord is voiced. If it's an open chord, you can play a D, A, G, C, or E, and usually an F or probably a B also, and tell just from one strum of the chord, you can go, that's what chord this is, because I know how that chord is built Mm -hmm. on a guitar. That's good. Isn't that wild? I love that. That's one of my favorite sections. Good job, Rob. That's why he's Thank the theory you. guy, guys. That's why I'm the theory guy. Okay, next thing we get. So we get that go-around a couple times. Kiss me then we get this. Oh. I love the bearded barley my nightly. goodness. Lee Nash's voice. Is it's just so charming <laughs> and lovely and it smells nice. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, like, that's good. And, and what dude doesn't want to hear a beautiful woman and, and 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 a fair number of women want to hear a beautiful yeah. woman start a conversation with kiss me. I know, that's right? Good. Her her voice is absolutely enchanting. You would follow that voice anywhere. Yeah. Right? That's good. Like kiss me, uh, and then like you just go, okay, yes, and then what do you need from me? Yeah, exactly. What can I do for you? Yeah. you know, um, what what can I buy you? Yeah, where can I take you? Yeah. You know, like that's good. It's just yeah, I'll follow you out into the bearded barley. Let's go. Where's the beard? <laughs> Let's find the bearded barley. That's right. Good night. This grass is green. <laughs> it's the freaking greenest grass
1: I've ever seen.
0: I'm sorry, guys. We got we're gonna go swing, swing. You know, like. <laughs> Good night. That's awesome. Her voice, and I mean, I, I honestly, I, I, I mean this in the the least like creepy, in just the purest way. Yeah. Her voice is just lovely. That's good, right? Yeah. It's just, it just, it, it's enchanting. Is uh-huh. the best word I can That's come good. up with. Uh, okay, then let's get into the drums. The drums sound incredible. The snare is incredible. Um, the bass it, it listen to the bass the bass is really full and punchy it, but it's not in the way yeah it's like here's a note yeah it's it and it's it's tone wise it's it's got a lot of punch but it's not big it doesn't uh, sound yeah. big listen to this in the mix here Bring your hat. we'll take the on oh, me. it's like it, it it's like it has a lot of Impact, mm-hmm. but it doesn't boom, boom, boom. Yeah. you know what I mean um I don't know if it was a a smaller kick maybe you know it wasn't like a 24 inch John Bonham kick drum probably it was yeah. probably something smaller um but anyway I, I just love the the drums on this this whole album sound incredible um the bass part on the turnaround between the chorus and the verse okay, okay. I love this
1: so kiss me
0: Okay, so the bass is outlining exactly what the guitars are doing. It's going, it's playing a a a one chord. Boom, let's see, what gear in? Boom, 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 boom. Then it goes, outlines the major seven chord. So it goes, boom, 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 which is the major seven. Then. Bum, 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 which yeah. is the flat seven. Yeah. It's doing exactly what, it's just accenting that with the other guitars. I love that. Doesn't do it on the verses. It goes to just, you know, straight sitting on the one thing. But in that little interlude where there's some space, bass player's getting his licks in, you know? I That's awesome. That. Yeah, I like that too. And then who doesn't love a clean, like, accordion interlude? I don't know if it's accordion, bandy <laughs> but yeah. something in yeah. that family followed by a clean guitar solo.
1: Kiss me.
0: There's also, we noticed this just really when we were when we were um listening to the beginning, there is some very subtle delay on the drums at the timing of a sixteenth note that makes the you can hear it on the snare and you can hear it on the hi-hat at the beginning that makes it sound like it's being struck twice, a sixteenth note apart. And so, so instead of a boom, ka boom-ka, you get a boom, ka, ka boom ca ka, ka. Boom. And the and the and the hi hat get t- 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 and it gives this this extra movement. It also it, it in the chorus, like when the drums are going full board, all, almost makes it sound like there's a loop going. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of sound you would get if you were using like a a breakbeat loop, you know. Mm-hmm. It gives you that feeling. Listen to this. Listen to that. And it's throughout, I think it's, I don't think it's a true double hit. I think it's a delay thing. Um, but uh, anyway, it's really just a beautiful song, dude. Gorgeous. Everything about it is light and fluffy and <laughs> let's go hold hands. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just just fantastic. Uh, uh, what do you got? We got wanna, some notes.
1: We can either meet the band that played on it. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's, let's do, let's do meet it. Them.
0: We're let's talking
1: hear. about them. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all. played on kiss Me um, from sixpence Matt Slocum uh, did some words as as we mentioned music guitar cello uh, he played guitar on early Chris Taylor's demos. you remember Chris Taylor do you remember the CCM band a uh, love coma?
0: I don't know if you remember them. I do not remember. I know the anyway, name Chris Taylor, but I'm thinking about a baseball player, I think. Okay.
1: Um, they broke up in the 90s. They reunited in 2019. I don't know why I said reunited that way. They, they, re- they reunited? They reunited uh, in 2019. <laughs> and it felt so it good. It did. I know. <laughs> Matt's played uh, with Over the Rhine. He played bass with the choir and cello with Chris Rice. So okay. there you go. So he's kind of played a lot of different things. Super talented he guy. He
0: primary writer for Sixpence. He, he Absolutely. He was kind of the... The musical architect yeah. of – I don't want to say the brains behind, but pretty no, much no, no, he's, but the, he's kind ar- of yeah, – yeah, yeah, architect's a
1: great, great one. Good word on that. Um, on, good words. A good <laughs> – architect is a good word. Um, on drums, um, Dale Baker, so the drum the drummer that Rob had mentioned is Dale Baker, Baker on drums, started playing percussion in 2000 – or in 2013 he started playing percussion with a band called Big Star – Uh, They have a song called 13. Now he plays drums mainly in a North Carolina theater. Now, so he plays theater music okay. now. Oh yeah. Which kinda makes sense. Uh you may have seen him play drums on Little Shop of Horrors or Newsies or Little Mermaid there in the North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Little Mermaid's fitting. You That's know? awesome. Um also sidebar, I can't make this up. He played in a musical called I never even heard
0: of this. You're in
1: town. <laughs>
0: you're in town. You're in
1: town. Yeah. So anyway, maybe like, don't go watch that. Like, Not you are in town. Yeah, like, hey,
0: come see me when you're in town. But
1: no, it's like <laughs> Like uh, liquid waste <laughs> like in town. Ppville.
0: ville Exactly. Original uh, title, yeah. PP-ville.
1: And, so, those of y'all that know me as JP know that is my middle name. I am JP. Yes. So there you <laughs> go. So you're in town. Anyway, Dale Baker on drums. On bass, uh, J.J. Placencio uh, also played for Plum, which also okay. makes sense. Uh, yeah, sure. Kevin Max. And here's a throwback for you. Fernando Ortega. Okay. His longtime yeah. bass player. Rob Black Simpson, Fernando. Yeah, great writer. Um, on accordion and some additional engineering, John Mark Painter. So I think we are okay. correct in assuming that that is the accordion part that we were talking about. Um, sound engineer extraordinaire. Um, he did the movie Hoodwinked with Anne Hathaway, oh. Glenn Close, Jim Belushi, kind of the Little Red Riding Hood yeah. animated film. Yeah, he did the – he was a sound engineer for that. Did, score. Okay. did some VeggieTale stuff. Um, in a group with his wife. uh They're called Fleming and John. Yeah. Obviously, she's Fleming. He's John. Um, he has <laughs> – played and recorded with Ben Folds, Peter Furler, and a huge list. So I was just trying to find something in this era that I would want to throw in here. Remember Carolyn Aarons? Carolyn Aarons. Dude. Yes. Freaking we should do seize the day. I love that <laughs> song. I love me some Carolyn Aaron's. Um uh, and the most random that he's done with in that list, uh Seven Dust. So nothing wow. nothing more opposite of carolyn aarons and six pence yes then, then seven seven, then seven, dust, seven yes. dust have seven. i told my seven dust story
0: on the air you did you okay did. it's a goodie right. though tell no, it again there's different listeners yeah okay so long story short i saw the lead singer of seven dust eat a joint one
1: time <laughs> at a creed show right there you go
0: at a creed show opening for creed i went to see creed i did i admit it i just graduated <laughs> voluntarily what else was i supposed to do and uh seven dust opened for him and we were like second row in the pit Uh, Why in the world? (laughs) Anyway, but the lead singer of of Seven Dust is a scary guy. He's like, (laughs) imagine if he looked like if Idris Elba had like 40 pounds of muscle on him, (laughs) right? And he's just wearing a vest. And um, if Idris Elba and Carl Malone had a child. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And, uh, and he, you know, there's a guy smoking and he's like, he goes, like, Give me that joint. It looked like, honestly, like, like he was mad that somebody was smoking, right? the show like, you're not supposed to be smoking in here is like the tone, right? Was, Give me that joint. And they pass it up to him, and he takes one, uh, kids don't smoke, Um, but he takes one drag off of this joint and then puts it in his mouth and swallows it whole. And everybody just goes, dude. Like either that or he's the greatest magician. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. It was just sleight of hand. It's like, I've been waiting on this That's opportunity. Right. I've been practicing with his handkerchiefs. i been watching Copperfield every chance I get.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that dude was not a dude to be messed awesome. with. Um, so, anyway, yeah, uh, good recall.
1: On we go. Um, on uh, B3, legend, we talked about uh, Phil Madera. Phil Madera. The first band he was in was with my guy Phil Keggy in the 70s. Okay. Um, he's been here in Nashville since 1983 as a sideman. Stuff with Civil Wars, Kebmo, Garth, Bruce, Hornsby, Ricky Skaggs. And so I was looking through his list, trying to find the person from his list that would be fitting with the Six Pits, Carolyn Aaron Cindy Morgan. That's where, yes. I, that's where I landed. Yes. So. Cindy Morgan, the- a loving kind well, there we go, um, and on vocals uh, Lee Nash who y'all stick around you're gonna love love chatting with her and hearing us talk with her yes so, super- and
0: Lee is now doing a, she's going to be talking about an EP that was literally about to come out when we interviewed her now it's it's been out for a little while um, but she she sings with uh <laughs> CC Winans, who just racked up at the Grammys, by yeah. the way. Uh, Tanya Tucker. It's just a very. She's still so very herself, but it's a little more twangy. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's uh-huh. just a little more twangy now. The Texas comes out a little more. Yeah, and uh, we had a great time talking with her. Um, her cat was having some problems. <laughs> we may leave that in the interview. We may, <laughs> okay, not, may not. But um yeah, we'll, But yeah, we'll we'll see how all that goes. The way uh, and or was it her
1: dog? I, it was an animal. Some know. animal. So, there was some animal in the house having, having some, issues having that some troubles. The uh, and as uncreepily as Rob talked about her voice i want to just as uncreepily talk about her eyes i think she has beautiful (laughs) eyes the way she looks into the camera Mm -hmm. so there you go um uh, one of my buddies took a a girl that i liked to prom and this was their song from prom okay so i should hate this song right but i can't it's amazing it's amazing so so good
0: let's talk a little bit about the album uh the self-titled album Sixpence, none the richer. Uh, it's got that kind of orangey, um, not like Renaissance, but like old, you know, yep. kind of painting, uh, you know, on the front, uh, stained glass kind of looking deal. Um, not stained glass, but it's like I don't know how to. It's like the little, uh, it's like the little images that move around in between sketches on Monty Python, <laughs> yeah. right? That's kind of what it looks like. You, good, yeah. you expect it to like break apart and start going, look, 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 you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um so the the album went to number 1 in the US Christian Albums chart, number 27 in the UK overall albums chart and number 89 on the Billboard 200. It was nominated for a Grammy award for best rock gospel album along with Petra's God Fixation, Big Tent Revival's Amplifier, Audio Adrenaline's Some Kind of Zombie, one of my favorite Audio Adrenaline albums, uh and your winner, you want to guess what the winner was? What year is this? 90? Ninety. Ninety. Uh, it would have been ninety-nine, two thousand. I guess the I'm, awards would have actually been. In I'm going to go DC talk. Like supernatural. Supernatural. I maybe? think they were. I think they were already out of that. Okay. Window. So then let me. I don't think you'll be able to guess it because I would never have guessed that this album won best rock gospel I, album. Is, is there a way you can it's give so me? So random. Is there a way you can give me a clue? That last not... name is a city. Oh man. With which you were well acquainted. It's not Bob Athens. That's right. I was like, Athens? Is there something? (laughs) Athens. Okay, Christian
1: Band City. Yeah. Man. You've lived there. Holy cow. Ashley Cleveland. Yes. Dude. Man, (laughs) I would have never gotten
0: there, but great hint. Thank you. The album You Are There by Ashley Cleveland. Goodness gracious. Won the Grammy Award for Best Rock Gospel Album. How about that? And I'm going to say again, Sixpence, absolutely robbed, in that category, of those five albums. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say about those albums what I said about the other yeah. song nominees, but but as as an album goes, uh-huh. this album is as bulletproof as they come. This is the best silver medal in every win. Like, of all the silver yes. medals
1: ever handed out in the history of silver medals, yes. this is the best silver medal
0: yes. continually. In the same way, in, in, in almost the same way that we talked about uh vienna by ultravox how could it have gotten held off from number one by joe, joe dolce, dolce. yeah uh shut up at you face yeah exactly right? like, how did this yeah not win the grammy for for um for best song and not win the grammy for best <laughs> rock gospel yeah, album good. It, it absolutely deserving of both of those yeah and the, the committee just missed it that year the recording academy whiffed uh absolutely on those um I do. I want to. I want to dig into the album a little bit because there's a couple things that just need to be said about this album. From front to back, it is beautiful. It is haunting. It has joy. It has pain. It has just everything it in is it. emotional it is emotional and this is one of the things I love it as a Christian album that so many Christian albums miss this album has sadness in it yeah right it has real life emotions it's not just roses yeah you know um and so it's like you know there's there's there is pain coming out in some of these songs, and that's just part of life, and it's yeah. fine to sing about. Yeah. It's fine to write songs about. It's okay about. for Christians to admit that sometimes life's a little tough. Good Lord! Yeah. You know? And so uh, this is an album that I feel like does that really well mm-hmm. um, and expresses it without being, like, mopey yeah. and, and uh, you know, like, self... Uh, Not you know, woe is self me. Self-pity. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if you want to do that, go listen to Stained. You know, if you want that... <laughs> If you want some
1: little lunchtime conversation, go go listen
0: to Stain. (laughs) Um, I'm on the That's for you, Joel Patterson. There you go. Um, So, but seriously, this album, and I I literally mean it from the first note to the last, this album is absolutely brilliant. Um, But, interesting note if you listen on streaming, or if you have the 1999 re-release CD, this album also includes "There She Goes," their mm-hmm. version of "There She Goes" as part of this album, but it wasn't originally. And if it, and it's weird because I didn't realize that, and I listened to it on streaming a while back. I, I usually have it on CD, and I was listening to it, but um, so streaming, it's the last track is "There She Goes," and it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, it sounds like Sixpence, but th- this album it, to me. This album as a whole just kind of exists on a higher plane um and then there she goes is this pop song that's a cover mm-hmm. that to me it feels they, weird to me on that should be
1: on a different project yeah, or i see it, what you it mean it
0: definitely feels bonus track uh-huh. you know what i mean it yeah. doesn't it, it's not part of the album but it, it gets added you know to the album because originally it was just a single that they put out um after but <clears throat> if you have the vinyl make sure you also have the CD because the limited edition vinyl excludes the songs easy to ignore and one of my favorite tra- tracks, Puedo Escribir, which that Nailed horrible it. Spanish. No, come Nailed on. Nailed it. Puedo Escribir? Yeah, oh, you're is all right? over it, man. Okay, you're killing I'm killin it. it. crushing it, which we, we should talk about this song for a second, okay? Because this is literally one of the most interesting songs I've ever heard in my life. I kid you not. I'm not exaggerating. This is one of the most interesting songs I have ever heard let's play a little bit of Puerto escribir all over it yeah ladies and gentlemen there is no need to panic but at this time we are going to issue our first ever huge historical Because we're about to spend the next several minutes breaking down a very interesting, very complicated section of a song that we are not covering on today's episode. If that interests you, then by all means, stick with us. But if music theory is just not your thing and you don't want to hear us talk about this beat, then skip ahead to about 37 minutes and 30 seconds and we'll hit Stump the Genius for you there. This next section is going to be fascinating to music people, but if you're not interested, then we don't want to lose you. This has been the first ever Huge Dark Alert! oh my gosh okay let's start right there okay the verses to this song and the intro are in what's what i'm gonna call alternating meter okay um It's a rare thing, but I've seen it a couple times in playing like concert band style music, symphonic style music, where you have, um, it's not mixed meter, which is where like you're playing in four, four. And at the end of the phrase, there's a bar of three, four, and then it goes back into four, four. Um, this is truly an alternating meter where at the beginning of the piece, if you were writing it out in concert band, instead of. This bar is in four four, and then the next bar you would write a three four to signify the time change, and then the next bar you would write a four four, and the next bar you would write a three four. That's a lot of extra printing, a lot of extra writing and work. So what they'll do is they would write like four four plus three four as the main time signature, not and seven four. Because of feel reasons, I'm okay. going to say no. Okay. okay, if if you wanted it to feel like four four, then three four specifically,
1: I get it. Okay, because the whole it's not. This as a group of seven, yes. four. It's this section is four, four. This, this section is this, three, four. Yes. The pulse of this
0: song should feel like four four, four three. and three four. Okay? Not so, seven, four combined. So could just it. write, for example, and this song is not in that time signature. We're gonna get into that, but this but I'm just by way of example, because those are probably too much simple. So you would say the 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 one time signature would just say once. This song is in four four plus three four, okay. and you're just understanding as you read it. This is a bar of four. This is a bar of That's three, okay. and the, and of course the notes would tell you that. The notes mm-hmm. and the bar lines would would tell you that. So this song is in an alternating meter like that. Um, okay. But it's one bar of three four time. Okay. Followed by a bar of five eight time. Holy cow! And it repeats That's... over and over and over. the The drums the drums will clue us in here. Okay, but then the drums are doing something extra that makes it even more um not convoluted impressive. Okay. okay, so let's count it 1st 12312345 12345 One, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, and three, and one, two, three, four, five. Okay. One, two, and three, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to do it again. Now that we know how to count it, listen to the hi hat. Okay? okay. This is just an this is just an open, closed foot thing on the hi hat where he's just ts tss ts. Tss, okay. tss. And the hi hat never changes meter. Okay. Which means that it goes on the beat for two bars, off the beat for two bars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the hi hat is basically playing four four. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just going one, two, three, four, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. It's just playing quarter notes. All right. So let's listen. They hear it's off the beat, so it's <laughs> One, a, a, a,
1: a, 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 And he's doing, but like I'm sure live, he's he's left footing it with his hi hat, yeah. and then just playing double handed yes. on the snare.
0: So that's the, crazy. The groove itself is is sheerly brilliant. Yeah. And then they wrote a song yeah. around it. Okay. So the, the, uh let's let's let me let you hear a little bit now of the actual. Verses in the song yeah. itself, it's in Spanish. Don't freak out. You're not having a stroke. <laughs>
2: One, two, three. One, two, three,
0: four, five. One, two, three. I love what the bass player's Yeah. Then let's hear the chorus.
2: All
0: right. The chorus, and I'm not going to take the full time to dig in this because it would be too much and everybody would turn it off. Okay, but let me just explain. And then if you want to go dig back into it and find out, prove improve me here, you can do it. Okay. The chorus is actually... Polymetric, okay. The chorus has poly meaning all has multiple. <laughs> multiple it has yeah. two meters at the same time. Okay. Essentially Many, is yeah. what it feels like. In which the pitched instruments, okay, the you know, the bass, the guitars, um, strings are continuing in three, four, five, eight, alternating. Okay. okay? And the drums are going into a four, four yeah. feel, straight four, but four. It's doubled. Which at times feel like is hitting the snare on every beat. Yeah. But then on every alternating three, four, five, eight, it's hitting like double time. Yeah. Right? So it's it goes from um, – and, and by the way, on top of all that or under all that, I should say, the kick is hitting with the movement of the bass and the melody. Mm-hmm. So the kick is going – the kick is – so if it's the kick is doing all those boom, 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 Yeah. Right? And it all lands together eventually. so let's listen back to that one time. So the 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 note instruments, the pitched instruments, are all keeping three, four, five, eight alternating time. With the kick. Yes. And the kick is hitting with that, and the hands of the drummer are playing 4 4 alternating uh, uh, quarter notes in double time. Okay. So, (laughs) one one time. This song is so And she's singing in Spanish. (laughs) And she's singing in Spanish. And then it's back to that three, four, five, eight alternating. Okay. And then I got to stop. But then the bridge is in four, four with some more polyrhythmic feelings. The guitars and strings are essentially playing four bars in three, eight time, then a bar of two, four. And the drums are accenting beats that back that up. But the whole thing is really in a syncopated four four. It, so it's like, here we're gonna put it in a normal bar, but it's not gonna feel super normal <laughs> until the very end when yeah. you realize what we did. Yeah. It's like it goes bah-dum, 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 bah-dum. But it but it doesn't have that that pulse is not there. It's yeah. it's going bad um bottom bum so it's just wild, dude. This song <laughs> is nuts to me. Absolutely not, Steve. dude. That was enjoyable.
1: Uh, that guy. <laughs> I hope so. Good that look. guy is a genius, but let's see how genius he <laughs> is when we play Stump the Genius. Let's play. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump
0: up and take your part. I take your part. part. I'm ready to get some things right. All right, guys. Let me
1: get For all once. Let me get all geared up here. Now, Rob's been doing pretty good on on Stump the Genius. I think we all can. Can say this is going to be around as i'm keying up here it's one of those that i'm cheering for him. went back to one of those we do these different stump the geniuses some where i'm mean and really try to stump him and then some where i'm like kind of semi-stumping so here we go we're going to play name the artist who is singing this song with kissing in the title <laughs> and i think you're going to do okay we got six of them i'm going to get a little bit harder as we go down so if you missed the first one you're in trouble. Okay. So no, I right. think uh, no, The we'll do the first one, which you mm-hmm. may miss, but uh, two
0: two you'll get, three you'll get. I already but, feel like I know what one. I, now I'm just trying to catalog, just okay. p- songs, All right, go for and songs. And there's not going to be
1: necessarily a oh, two su- of them.
0: I got two of them. I got get two of them. Right two of them now. already. Can I'm going to jump in. I'm going to guess ahead. All right, this is this kiss by Faith Hill. This, this is. I didn't. even... Wow, that was way super way quick. All right, nailed me. that. Okay, uh, here's this one. This is. Um, yeah, Um. Oh, your kiss is on my list. Bye. Holland Oats. Sorry, I was thinking all female. So it took good. me a second. You're good. <laughs> kiss from a Rose. Kiss Seal. from
1: a Rose by Seal.
0: This was never the way I planned. Oh. Not my intention. Uh. Katy Perry. Katie Perry. I kissed a girl. It.
1: Nailed it. Nailed it. I should have been ringing the bells all along. Four bells. This one's going to be a little bit trickier, and I'm going to have to do a cutoff. I'm going to give you maybe part of a verse. I should have set a timer on this. I'm only going to give you part of a verse, and I'm going to stop a to,
2: to kiss and tell, it's just not my style.
0: Is it? I give you a little more. Is it Keith Urban? That is Keith Urban. (laughs) I want to kiss a girl. I do not know that song. All right, here's
1: the last one for the grand finale.
0: I just assumed Cher was going to be in this list. It's in his kiss. I didn't put Cher on here. I should.
1: I'm only going to give you a little bit of this. Okay. Lying here with you, so
2: close to me.
0: Oh, oh, oh,
2: oh. Oh. Oh, no. Caught up in
1: this Got a little moment. bit tougher.
2: Caught up in your
1: People
0: are screaming They are right screaming. Now. Okay. Screaming.
1: If I, if I let it go to the next part of the verse, yeah. it's going to give you a clue. No, yeah. I'm going to keep it going. Just one little clue.
0: Oh, it's... Okay. It's Lady A. It's
1: Lady A. Good
0: job. Okay. So
1: we'll give you the win. What's the song? Just can, a kiss. Just, just a, a kiss on oh lips in the moonlight. I guess I could have skipped ahead and let you Jeez. actually hear them sing it. But good job, Rob. Wow. Got there, that was good. How long did it take you guys out there to get those six? Because oh, Rob man. got all six of them.
0: People were screaming at me.
1: Hope you guys have
0: enjoyed this so far. You got anything yeah. else, Rob? If not? I got just a little bit. Uh, interesting note on, I, we see this so often. It's starting to break my heart for all these artists. Um, the, the follow-up to the self-titled Sixpence None the Richer album, waited 4 years before it could be released which is not the way you want to do no, things no you want to catch
1: the momentum catch the fire keep it going yeah
0: um and so because it was because their label squint uh was in trouble and folding and so this came out in 98 it was 2002 before divine discontent came out um which still had a huge hit breathe your name absolutely um, and uh should we play a little bit of breathe your name sure you can play her version of don't dream it's over too which is on here too
2: yeah. Yeah. Feel your Have you
0: my right okay that's great and then of course yes the the crowded house cover their beautiful version of don't dream it's over.
1: Love her under vocal yeah. know, her own harmonizing vocal parts that's great you remember the song they did called just Br- it was simply called breathe not breathe your name was that Lee's solo song I th- it was on I think it was it was on some album I was trying to remember it I was just thinking about it it just triggered when we were talking about breathe your name it was on an album it was like a compilation it had a blue cover maybe called oceans or something breathe like that. Yeah, yeah it was no just called breathe Yep. remember that one i don't know i play a that one of the greatest th-
0: hits just oh my gosh breathe this album from Breathe. this that one that's project. what it was called yeah i
1: loved this dude I fr- yeah everybody came in and at- ate that album up i worked at a christian bookstore and we sold a ton of that album it's so good. It's great, right? Holy cow. We just had a moment that we just uh, discovered here, guys. Maybe Cindy we'll leave Morgan, that Morgan,
0: Moye Brennan, and Michael McDonald. Yeah. Sixpence, Chris Rodriguez, yeah. Michelle so Toombs, For Him and John Anderson, so Delirious and Amy Grant doing Find Me in the River, yeah. Jackie Velasquez, Burlap to Cashmere, Point of Grace, Insane. That's like,
1: that's our era of all that stuff. All those names just hit heartstrings.
0: You know it used to be on here, but isn't now? No. Jennifer, now. Shut up. Wow. Canceled. Wow, dude. Goodness gracious. This just
1: blew me away. That's awesome. Man.
0: Shut your Come mouth. On. Dang. Dang. This whole podcast, I'm not just talking about today, I'm talking about the last five years was all worth it for that. Because I used to listen to that constantly, and then I think something happened to my CD, and it's just gone from my consciousness. It was consciousness. probably stolen out of that uh, book in this Ford
1: truck. Holy oh. cow. There you go, guys. That's your uh, that's your nugget of goodness for the Streams. day.
0: Streams. Go. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Whenever that's happening on the way home. I'm going to cry so hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. Oh man, I feel like there was a Nicole Nordeman track on there too. Maybe I don't know. Uh, man, alive. Yeah, that's good stuff. Wow. Okay. Okay. One other thing. There's a uh, there's a cover of this song by Newfound Glory. There's a cover of "Kiss Me" okay uh, by heard. Newfound Glory. Have you heard it? Uh, probably because my wife loves
1: Newfound Glory. She's in her they're in her top five favorite bands of all time. She wants to get a tattoo from Jordan, who's now a tattoo artist in Nashville. Okay. Let's take a little listen.
0: Different feel. Slightly faster.
1: Kiss me out of the bearded barley. Here's the thing everything Lee did Besides sweet vocally. Swing, swing.
0: Here's the thing I super hate this, <laughs> but I still <laughs> sang along. <laughs> <laughs> You can't not sing with Strike Up the Band and Make the Fireflies Dance. You can't.
1: Strike Up the Band Make the Fireflies Dance. You can't sing yeah, that harmony. That high part, yes. Yeah. So kiss me.
0: All right, so I hate that so much. But the song is so good that I still let it play and I still sang along.
1: That's good. It's been a lot of fun. Let's chat with Lee.
0: Good to see yeah. you. Let's go. Let's talk to Lee Nash. Uh, and before you do anything else, first of all, go download her latest album. It's called The Tide. It's an EP. It's fantastic. You're going to love it. She's going to talk a little bit about uh, about it in our interview. And then... Go to all our social media channels and follow us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all those at Great Song Pod, And you can be part of our Facebook group, which is called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. We have a lot of fun on there all the time, interesting conversations, uh, and just funny stuff. And, you know, it's like a little, uh, you know, it's just a party. It's just a party. You Get away from your regular life. Talk to some of your music friends. Come swing swing with us. Come, swing, swing. It's the, it's basically the bearded barley of the internet. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the green, green grass of Facebook. Um, it still exists. A, a happy place still exists on Facebook, and it's called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. If you want to go the extra mile and become a supporter of the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash greatsongpod. Patreon is just a site where you can, like, send us a couple bucks every month, and we can say thank you. Um, by giving you bonus episodes, early releases on our regular episodes, um, full, like, exclusive Patreon episodes that that we will never release. Double to entries general- in our giveaways, which include vinyls and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. all this kind of stuff. It's just everything that we can possibly do to say thank you, we will do when you go to patreon.com slash greatsongpod to support the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, whether you are a Patreon producer, a Facebook group user, a Twitter follower, or an instagram story viewer we appreciate it so much whatever your level of engagement with the show is it means the world to us so now we're going to go talk to lee nash there we go and we'll be back on the other side to tuck you in this is the great song podcast this is the great song podcast all right, we'll do a little intro here, and uh, and then we'll just get started. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Lee Nash of Sixpence None the Richer and Foliage and solo records galore. Uh, Lee, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. It's a treat to have you. Thanks for having me. We are super excited. Um, why don't we get started with the new EP? I want to know everything about The Tide, uh, Volume 1. It really sounds like you're going for um, you know, the heart of some things, it feels like you've got some things to say. Is that, is that kind of, uh, am I reading that right?
2: No, absolutely. I mean, I don't, it does not it does, it never starts out. Well, that's not true. Wow. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Um, the Lee Nash interview. Um, and not intentionally, I didn't think, oh, these things need to be spoken about and I need to write a song about it. But it was more that they just kind of naturally got shoved in my face, like being of a wife is, you know, sometimes difficult. Being a husband is sometimes very difficult, and um, and when you're in quarantine, that that's just, you know, even more so. So, so you know, we we ended up writing made for this after uh, one of our arguments, which we we did all right. We didn't fight a lot. During the quarantine, because we really couldn't afford to, uh, we've got a seventeen-year-old son. He was sixteen at the time. We were trying to keep things as calm and copacetic as possible. So, um, but on one of the days that we messed up and and ended up tearing each other a new one, <laughs> we uh, got a blanket out and sat out in the sun and and wrote that song. And and certainly, it was the same thing with Good Trouble. I like, I didn't sit there and think. Um, that you know I needed to be the one to give voice to to that subject matter, but oh after last summer and George Floyd's murder and all the the unrest and the the rioting and just the um you know just the horror of what I was witnessing and what we all, we were all witnessing um really got to me, and then after John Lewis passed away and they kept you know uh talking about or showing his speeches and and what he he would talk about then I couldn't get good trouble out of my head. So uh-huh. yeah, so it's a very long answer to your question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and Stephen compliment each other so well vocally. Like it's Thank you. it's perfect. It's really
0: good. Thanks so much. Let's go back in time a little bit and talk some sixpence if that's okay. Of um, course. We're going to ask those questions that you've answered a million times <laughs> that I'm sure you Uh-oh. Just love talking about. Uh um, So let's, let's go. All right. You guys won the Dove award for best album, uh, this beautiful mess. And, uh, you were already making a big splash in the scene and becoming household names. And then suddenly, um, or I guess gradually really kiss me. It all is everywhere. Um, at what point during that sort of, you know, it released if I'm right in late 98 and then really started to take off a few months into 99. At what point did you look around and go, Oh snap, this is something bigger happening.
2: Um, I think, well, I guess as we were working, um, we were traveling to different radio stations and playing the song and just trying to Trying to get people to get that earworm, you know, like, yeah, hey, this is great, yeah, I can you know, trying to get those um those radio people to be on our side and on the side of our song and um, and I guess every day when we would go and do that that we'd visit multiple stations a day, you know, and we'd hear. You got three ads today, and it that that sort of talk. You know, I'd yeah. never really heard that kind of radio talk. But like, we got the whole Northeast guys, and you know, talk <laughs> like that. And that those are the label, not the band. That's not the way any of us would sort have of talked. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, for such a you know a humble band of of uh, people. We, you know, I don't think we were all that aware until talk like that started happening. And we could visibly see our team around us really excited. So I think we must have thought, oh, something good is happening. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was that was that? Uh, you know, um, I've heard some people talk about that part of the process of, of being an artist, you know, being a real grind that they didn't enjoy. And then some people are like, I love it. Just going town to town, meeting all the local radio hosts and all that stuff. Where do you, where do you, where was that for you? What do you enjoy that? Or is it something that was sort of a necessary evil? No, I
2: absolutely loved, I loved it. And I think part of why I loved it is that I'm good at it naturally. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, things that you're good at, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to go out and do it every single day. So I wonder if in my twenties, I just wasn't aware that I needed to have some boundaries so that I could, you know, take care of myself and like rest at night. Like you don't have those and your late teens and early twenties. I didn't think, Oh, maybe being on 24 seven is not the best thing for you. Sure. Um, But, you know, but it was fun because I'm because it's true. I'm good at it. And I do. And I'm good at it because I love people. But as an old woman like I am now in my uh, mid-40s, I know that it's, you know, it's great. But then, you you know, you got to take some time for yourself.
0: Sure. When uh, when Kiss Me started to take off and sort of in, in turn the album started to take off, Were you guys um, prepared for that? Like, did you have an inkling that that uh, self-titled album might bring that kind of response and you were just waiting for the country to catch up? Or did it kind of catch Mm -hmm. you by surprise?
2: They caught us by surprise, for sure. The only hint was how hard our label had us working. Um, Mm -hmm. And they were working just as hard. So, you know, if we had sort of done the math or kind of followed the, the, the math, um, we would have seen our science, as they say, right. uh, we would you know that the the chances are pretty good that something's going to happen. But no, I think we were just too much in the middle of it. We we're having a good time together as a band, because we've been a band for such a long time already. Um, uh, but no, I don't, there, We we were not prepared. And I'm not really sure how you even could be prepared for something like that. It's just, It feels overnight, even though you've already been in it for a
1: decade. (laughs) And tying on to the preparation question, I know you've opened for, like, as as you were starting to blow up, as you said, you were opening for, like, the choir, and then you go opening for, like, 10,000 Maniacs and the Proclaimers. How does prepping for a tour like that versus prepping to be with, like, Audio Adrenaline and Newsboys, like, do y'all put together the same sets in your mind? Do you try to go out and do the same thing? Or are you like, we need to mix it up for the different crowds?
2: No, I, I feel like we definitely just always
1: played
2: what we would play anywhere. Okay. Yeah. There, there was never any sensitivity to the crowd. <laughs>
1: okay, good. I like that. I'm
2: just being honest.
1: No, I like that. That's the <laughs> yeah, right answer. That's
0: we're great. We're good with it. So, <laughs> okay. You guys, for a, you know, for a a, a, a quote-unquote, a, a band that was primarily, at the time anyway, reaching sort of the the CCM market, um, yeah. you guys were not afraid to write about some things that were really um, – you know, dark and and maybe full of doubt or questions that and, and that didn't always end with a nice, tight resolution. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. Did you did you catch flack for that, or were you were you ever worried that okay, this is not going to fly? We need to back this off.
2: No, we definitely caught flack for it, but um, Matt Slocum, the primary, I want to say sole sole writer, really. I mean, there were songs other people contributed to, but but Matt Matt really bore the brunt of the Songwriting, and not not like it was a something he hated to do. He obviously really was inspired to do it. But um, yes, we got flack, and I think it was when we, when we would get flack, it, we would just be like, you know, people our age would be just rebel against it, like that's complete garbage what people are saying, and we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing. So no, we never there was never a we're gonna back down from this because you yeah, and you can get into what God wants and doesn't want all day long, but I I don't think God wants a bunch of minions, um, you know, just like blindly following him. I think, you know, he um he wants people to do their research and do their homework and spend time with them. And um I don't think we were writing songs that were against against that at all. If anything
1: for that the uh, inter- there's parts of these where we just kind of gush over things that we love about the artist. So You're I have ready a, for this. I <laughs> have a tie in for the previous thing you talked about. I know Matt did, did the majority of the writing on 2002's Divine Discontent album. Love that album. Um, you got uh, Breathe Your Name's track one And Don't Dream It's Over is four Sandwiched in there at track three Is Down and Out of Time Which is the only song that you wrote on the album But I think it's the most underrated Sixpence song ever I love oh, that song It's brilliant the
2: tattoo, the, room,
1: the tattoo of me in a room without you line Is such a head scratcher <laughs> And it's my favorite oh. Sixpence line In that song And you actually wrote that so I did, thank you so much you're, you're, I no, no problem. I also love the Blue on Blue solo project with producer with, with Pierre on there. He co-wrote. Building a Mystery in Adia, so that I mean that guy's a legend. He's done stuff. Oh,
2: he is. My yeah, idea
1: he is. of heaven, dude. That video gets me every time with the old uh, couple with the card. Yes, says I, would I know. Do it all over again at the very it's, end, I'm like bawling. So it's so sweet. I know. Me too. What
2: a sweet song
1: and video. The um, I do want you to tell this story too. Coming from you, it'll be better than me trying to tell it. But the time you met Bono at the Art House, I heard. Uh, I heard the story about that. Um, I heard you. Yeah. tell before this is a great story will you tell this one to the listeners of
2: course yes uh, we were invited to charlie Peacock's out uh, uh, not outhouse his <laughs> art house. take your 11 year old
1: dog and go to charlie <laughs> peacock's outhouse
2: <laughs> oh my gosh i can't that was an accident art house it's a really beautiful place and um and uh it was just a select few people got to be in there i want to say maybe a hundred 100 people and so I remember there was all kinds of hubbub about who was going to get to be there and my uh my son's father my ex-husband was like the biggest U2 fan ever um and Bono was coming to the art house to speak to us about AIDS and um and and what what just all kinds of stuff like what he was doing about it what we could do to help and um I, I just I remember I was kind of missed that my husband couldn't get in because I was like, I mean, it would have been such a dream come true. And he he just waited out in the car for me and it just oh. broke my heart. So the whole time I was sitting there like not wanting to love every word coming out of Bono's <laughs> mouth. But I couldn't I couldn't help it. I was just completely the flaunt the if that's the word. But um dotted added, he, he just. Um, said such beautiful things about his his faith journey and um, just beautiful things about everything. He's just such a well spoken individual and and then um, but you know I was I was still mad at everybody in the room because Mark didn't get to come be in there and <laughs> so my bratty little butt was like in the front in the front row. And I was sitting somewhere close to Dan house with kind of jars of clay, and when Bono was walking out, everybody stayed seated, you know, and the art house is a very, it's a very beautiful but very casual little room, um, like a, a church, kind of, and um, anyway, Bono walked by Dan and he hugged him and he said, thank you for the work you're doing, and I'm like, oh, it's so sweet, and I love this guy, and then he stopped in front of me, and I was like, "Why is there still a shadow?" Well, I was <laughs> looking down, I was like, "Why? Why do I sense a human in front of me?" And I started instantly getting that nervous sweat. My yeah. hands are sweating just talking about it. And I, and I looked up, and he was looking down at me, and he bowed, and he kissed my hand, and he oh. said, "I'm a fan."
1: That's amazing. And in front of,
2: in front of all those turds that wouldn't let my husband in and i was like i was like all y'all can kiss it because i just well, got my hand kissed by turd uh, we, wow. we, we
1: understand that nervous hand sweating is me and rob like five uh, minutes before we're like we're about to talk to true. lee nash yep. this is about oh, to happen so, so no so, so but
2: we, yeah that that was that was quite a highlight i love that story that's, that's
1: compliment of compliments right there you got- <laughs> So I have two little things that I'm going to touch on and then tie it into a question. So you guys are no yeah. stranger to a wonderful cover. Obviously, I talked about "Don't Dream It's Over." There she goes It's two minutes and forty four seconds of pure magic. Um, was That's Lee and were the laws on your radio on your on your radar at the time? Um, he's a brilliant songwriter, or, or were you just like, yeah. or was that presented to you like you should cover cover this one? How did that come about?
2: No, uh, he was on Matt Slocum's radar and, okay. and, and as was the laws and, you know, their, their whole body of work, which was just one record. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there she goes was already like kind of an instant classic, even though it hadn't been out that long. So it kind of, it was a really interesting choice. But Matt was like, let's start doing this song. And so when I, I was like, there she goes, you know, scratching my head. How How? i got to get find the CD and try to <laughs> hear that. And then I heard it, and you're like, oh, of course. I know this song. And I was so excited. I've always loved, like, gender bending. You know, with Kiss Me, I got to do it. And just sort of just singing a song called There She Goes. And I'm, I am of, of a, you know, whatever, hetero persuasion. And you know, I sang the song about my mom and um yeah, I great. I thought that was always so sweet and, and fun and a fun a fun question to answer. A lot of people thought, Oh, she's coming out, she's a lesbian and right. and that would have been fine too, but that's not at all what was happening. It was just a great song we wanted to do.
0: I wanted to ask, I didn't realize until I was getting into some research, but I saw that Kiss Me went to number two on the Hot 100, the AC chart, and the Adult Top 40 chart. Were you guys like, come on, like one um, one lousy yeah. spot more? I
2: know. Who was at the top, you know? I, I Who, know at the top it? of the
0: Hot 100 was No Scrubs by TLC, huh. which oh, I well- – that's pretty awesome. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I found it kind of funny because No Scrubs is kind of like the opposite of Kiss Me. You know, it's like <laughs> oh, the antithesis. It's like get away from me, don't totally. look at me. But, but I still,
2: I still love that song, and I love TLC. So if it was the TLC, I'm, I'm all about it because they, they deserved it. But. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, it was all over the world. I think it was number one in a bunch of other countries. And, yeah. um, dang, it was amazing. So, it was such an exciting time. I wish it was the 90s again, not because I want to be, like, like you know, the top of the, the roller coaster. But just because it was just a different time and there was more mystery to musicians. You didn't have to, like, see every part of their body before you heard their music, you know? <laughs> Like on Instagram, it's yeah. like wow, there's, there he or she is. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I just I like the mystery. Um, I miss it. Yeah. Um.
1: I yeah. I agree that I wish it was the 90s, too, because of the music videos. Like, music videos yeah. were so prominent then, and you did multiple versions of Kiss Me on a video. Um, right. How did that come about where you picked, A, the different versions, and, B, do you know who has the TV that y'all are holding watching She's All That? Do you know where that TV <laughs> hey, ended up? what a great question.
2: No, I bet somebody in that
1: um, stat department
2: Either took it back or it was theirs, or somebody was like, Oh, I'm gonna keep this.
1: What a great yeah, piece of memorabilia! That should be I like would... the rock and roll hall of fame somewhere. Oh that God,
2: seriously, with a picture with that picture on the TV, like if they could yeah. get it to, to show, there? yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Aren't we smart? <laughs> um, yes, I uh, the videos were really fun. We uh, Steve Taylor was the kind of the mastermind behind. Uh, for one thing, supporting sixpence to the point where, where something actually tipped over, you know, the, the we kinda got going over the roller coaster and got all that momentum. Um, but he was also the mastermind behind that that video, the black and white one we did in Paris and um, you know, directed it and took us over there. It was crazy. And then um and then when Kiss Me got to prominence because of she's all that, then it became a studio video like, you know, where I in the movie company. Oh well, yeah. They paid for it. And it was awesome. It was really cool. Totally different kind of video, but so fun to make.
0: Yeah. Um, I've got to know, about the 2009 Open Wings Broken Strings Tour. Absolutely. Uh, I was not aware of this at the time, or I would have been in the front row. Yeah. Um,
1: we're, but, b- we're both fans of Ed and Art, yeah. so that's so, so cool.
0: Any oh. tour that you tell me features oh. Lee Nash, Ed Kowalczyk, <laughs> and Art Alex Aukis. I'm all the way there for. How did that tour no. come about, and, and what was the en- energy of that tour? I was being
2: managed by the guy, Chris Harden, who manages? I don't know if he still does, but manages lives and Ed Kowalczyk, or if that's a separate entity. I know that he was managing Ed Kowalczyk at the same time. Okay. So, so that tour came about um, because I was being managed by Chris, and and it was it was so cool. And I came into it with my with these preconceived notions about Ed and art because uh-huh. I had met him back in you know the you know, like in the airport and all that kind of stuff. Like, Oh my God, like we're, you know, are we going to talk to them? We're just, our band was very much like, they would never want to talk to us or they all think we're super, you know, Christian-y and judging them. And they probably were thinking that. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) all these years later, I got to tour with them and just gained such a tremendous appreciation for their, their gifts and their musicianship and um because you know it's hard to do to get on a stage all by yourself with an acoustic guitar and just like let her rip um but man they did and I have to say I I mean I love Ed Kowalczyk's voice and his music um but the real shocker for me was um Art Ellis like I expected to love what Ed did but when Art gets out there and starts talking and playing his songs, you can hear a pen drop. I mean, wow. that guy, it, those songs take on a whole new meaning, meaning when it's just art and his guitar. He's, he's incredible. And since then, my husband and I have become really good, close friends with him. Um, so, yeah, so, so proud of him and just love him to death. He accidentally... We were in Hawaii, and he was there, and he accidentally witnessed my husband um, proposing to me. Oh, and that's awesome! So I was doing a little jig in the sand, and he, <laughs> we were, we were like, "What's that popping noise?" We look up on a bridge, and it was art up there. No clapping, way! Clapping! Hey, for that's her. so
1: cool! <laughs> that's great! That's yeah. phenomenal! Well, Very sweet. You mentioned the word meaning, and I'm sure you've told this story a thousand times. I saw you, you know, tell it on the Ninety Nine Letterman Show, where you explained the story of the band name. Um, where I know it came from, mere Christianity, from C.S. Lewis. I remember the cardinal virtues: prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. Wow! And uh, I remember that. Wow! But tell for, um, just to come from, from the mouth of or from the mouth of Lee Nash. Can you tell a brief uh, how the band name came to be?
2: Sure, yeah. Matt Slocum was reading a ton of C.S. Lewis at the time. This would have been like 1991 or 92. And uh, he came up with that band name. And my father and I both looked at each other like, this is never going to come to anything. You know that, right? And um, But, you know, was after, as time went on, I was like, well, at least it's interesting. Um, and he, of course, shared with me where it came from, which was um, from the book, uh, by C.S. Lewis called Mere Christianity, where a child asks his father for a sixpence to buy the father a gift, and the father happily gives the son the money but is no richer for the transaction. And, um, so that was C.S. Lewis's way, I guess, of explaining God's uh love for us and that He gives us gifts, and when we give them back to the world, and um. You know, kind of, yeah, fill those shoes. We're not, um, you know, he's no better off. So basically it's just to just to remain humble yeah. and, uh, yeah, don't get a big head because people are just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I have this voice or these writing talents that God gave them to me, period. It's, it's something divine. It's not, didn't come
0: from me. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. Well, Rob said he wasn't going to fanboy too much. I'm not done. fanboy. I've, okay. I've still got stuff I'm going to just gush about. I love okay. that you sing your own harmony parts on a lot yes, of the stuff. Sir. Which is fantastic. I do my own stuff. Thank <laughs> <That's>, you. <laughs> that's your, do your own sense. I no love it. Um, we, we hadn't had a chance to talk about foliage yet with Bill Lieb and Rise Fuller. Uh, the song Let It Go, which, yes, you co-wrote. There's another. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. The I Wanted Me Like I Wanted You progression gets me every time. There's so much tension there, and I think you are the queen of providing tension in the best way to like deliver yeah. a lot oh, yeah. so, Thank you. So, that means so much to me. Thank you. So good, and I have to follow it up with a question since I did my gushing, gushing question <laughs> form of that I got going. Kiss me in Japanese. Do you speak Japanese? How do you pull that off?
2: Oh, no, I definitely that I I am the least Japanese speaking person in the world. I wish that I did because it's one of my favorite places to go. Um, but they we had we have a friend named Mark Joseph that does speak Japanese. He was raised there partially because his parents were missionaries and he was Kind of in our. Luckily, I think he. Well, he lives in LA, or he did at the time, and and that's when the label was like, you know, we wouldn't ask you this if it was like Germany or anywhere else, but it's Japanese and the song was really kicking off there. What if we do a version in Japanese? And I was like, heck yes! <laughs> but it was it was you know Matt's song, and Matt was you know very precious about his art and still is as he should be and. Um, I think I think he loves Japanese culture like I do, and so he he was like okay, and so we agreed to it. And our friend that speaks Japanese was there in the studio that day, and they spelled it out, or we did phonetically. And then if I said if I sang anything wrong, he would correct it. But there were certain things, even like if you if you played it for a Japanese person. You know, I think they still preferred the English version because some of the stuff just probably sounded really silly. I don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'll never know.
0: <laughs> and so much more complicated then than b- doing it now. Like, now you've got all these online translation Google tools. Translate. And, yeah.
2: Sure. So much yeah. more
0: complicated to try and pull that off in 1999 uh, than, Yeah. Than now. It's just wild. Totally. Um, well, I
2: love, I love languages. I, I love Spanish. I, I mean, I love all all languages, and so I consider it a very high honor to get to sing in any any other language as long as the people aren't offended who I'm singing their language.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. Um, Okay, Taylor Swift said that Kiss Me was the first song that she learned to play on guitar. Do you then take full credit for her success?
2: (laughs) A hundred percent.
0: Definitely. Yeah, right.
2: she has. Thanks to Sixpence, she has good taste in music.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. She
2: um, she has something good to reach for that guitar and play, and it yeah. was kissing. <laughs> I mean, you're, the,
0: you're yeah. the meaning in her life. You're the inspiration. That's right.
2: <laughs> of course, you, I. You know, of you course, I am.
0: Yeah. But I know.
2: I I adore her. and That was such a thrill for us. Um, when things like that happen, it's like what? Um, but. Yeah, well, no, then, I, I adore Taylor.
1: Then you have to take credit for uh, the second album, This Beautiful Mess, inspired the band name, which eventually became One Republic. So you kind of got to take credit for them, too, because they were originally called This Beautiful Mess, I heard. Yep. so. There you go.
2: Oh, I bet they were. Yeah, they were fans, too. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. Definitely. I, I think
1: they owe us a lot of money, guys. Definitely. <laughs> it's yeah, it <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely take that to the bank. Uh, Well, there's one question. Thanks again, Lee. This has been so much fun. I hope you've enjoyed it. We have loved hanging out with you. This has been great. Uh, Of course. Thanks. Thank you for talking to me. There is one question that we ask everybody. So this will be our last question and I'll let you enjoy your day. So you're on tour either solo or with Sixpence, whoever you're touring with. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. Uh, When I was growing up, my mom would say, you could have any candy bar you want, and I would get a Three Musketeers bar because it's the most ounces. They're all the same price, and that's the most ounces uh, for the money. What is your gas station snack food of choice?
2: okay I would say it is uh, uh ice crushed ice oh and no. a Plain nice ice. cup with a sparkling uh, well, yeah toba chico okay. um, okay. to pour to pour over the ice it just it keeps me up for longer I won't I won't get sleepy as long as I've got ice and something
1: sparkly to drink i i can i can uh i can relate that all of my drinks that i order tea coke whatever i always ask for extra ice so we're not not so different there that's
0: what it's all about that was uh that actually once you said it i went that makes total sense
1: that is exactly (laughs) what you would see her holding like i would
0: never have just guessed to say that's, that's what Lee's going to get at a gas station. But once you said it, I went, that makes total sense to me. I get it. That's <laughs> all. Well, you've been great. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you, guys. All of right. course. We'll be in
0: touch. Thanks yeah. again, Lee. This all time. right. Yeah, have a great all rest right. day. All Bye. right. Bye-bye. Thank you. This is The Great Song Podcast. <laughs> And that was Lee Nash. I hope her dog is okay. <laughs> just fantastic to get to chat with her. Um, just tell that, tell that to sixteen-year-old me. Goodness, tell Christ. me that just happened. Yeah, you know, I know, right? Wild, absolutely wild. Um, Sixpence, such a great band, and this is literally one of my. Wow. Yeah. This. This. Somehow, in the back of my mind, this snuck into my all-time top ten favorite albums. Wow. I just realized it. How about that? But it did. We got all Desert Island I with Robert. I think it edged out Joe Cocker.
1: What, what is going on? Wow. What Mutiny. just happened? Goodness Mutiny. gracious. Guys, we're in Ladies Month. Ladies Month. This is just the first week. You know we're going to do something big for next week because it's Mother's Day weekend.
0: We That's so much ladiness. Goodness it's going to be fantastic. Uh, and we get to just give a shout-out to all these wonderful powerful incredible artsy women uh who have made our lives uh better through music so we'll be back next week with another ladies month episode of the great song podcast until then i'm rob i am jp go listen to some music